57. The end of October. It's, my, it's, my. It, it's a sad time, Tyler. It's a sad time. This month flew right by, didn't it? Gotta wait a whole nother 11 months to get to the 1st of October again. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Oh, well. It's fun while it lasted. It was fun while it lasted, and it was jam-packed full of uh, interesting things, fun episodes. Um, lots of good stuff. I, I like this month. I like We had really solid episodes in this month, and... And we had the, and we, you know, got to revisit the, um, what's I want to be a, I want to be a, yeah, we had a good one. We learned a lot on that one. Learned how to be better people. Keaton is fucking awesome, man. He's great. He's great. And I think, you know what? I think we found out, I think we are good people (laughs) going by his criteria. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully I need to ease up on the refills, but, but other than that, yeah, it's, it, well, you just need to order like eight in advance or whatever you need. Just they'll bring you a kit. I just need to ask him if I can get a two liter of Pepsi. You might as well. You might. <laughs> so uh, full, full disclosure before we get too into it and 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 the noises start happening. Uh, Boots is sitting right next to the microphone. I tried to move him. He came right back. So I'm going to we're going to play it by ear. I'm going to try my best to be very professional about it. Boots on the loose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Tyler? What's going on, man? What's new and exciting? This is the final uh, episode of October. What do you have for us, sir? Well, to start off, um, I guess this is—I guess this is kind of the Halloween episode in a way. Yes, very different from the first one. It's not a history this time. We're going to talk about a lot of. Mo- it's all movies today. It's a movie extravaganza. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go through. Eric has some lists, and then I have a bunch of movies, and I've tried to steer clear from. Movies we've talked about a lot. So we're not mentioning Psycho this time. Uh, <laughs> we're not mentioning Halloween. Uh, you know, anything like that. So we're trying to, I'm trying to get some new, fresh stuff in here that we haven't mentioned before. First thing I want to start off with, though, does concern Halloween, specifically Halloween 5. And the new Blu-ray came out. 4K Blu-ray Ultra, whatever. What the fuck is it called? Whatever. The, the big one came out. Okay. And it's very special because they found a couple years ago the original negative film reels of the original opening that has never been cut together even because they just abandoned it. Um, so at the beginning of Halloween 5, the way we know it, ends with the ending of Halloween 4. Michael gets dragged through a river. A hermit finds him. And a year later, he comes back to life. This hermit's been, I guess shoving water down his throat i don't know how he kept him alive i don't know anyway the original opening is known as the dr death opening i don't know why it's called that he's not a doctor he's like a homeless guy that lives outside the river (laughs) and basically it's alluded to that he might be bringing michael back through some sort of incantation or cult-like ritual um There's been stills of this that have been seen since the promotion of this movie in 89. And yet no one has seen this. It's never been cut together. So finally, they got the reels, they cut it together, and it's presented in its entirety for the first time on this Blu-ray. And I watched it, and I can honestly say I hate this movie even more. I'm so happy they never (laughs) even got around to cut it the first time. What the fuck is this? It's awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, the, thank the, God they changed it. The freaking buildup, Tyler. I thought you were going to say finally <laughs> a redemption piece, man. You've been waiting since 1989 to see this piece of shit. 
And and it, as if the tier wasn't enough, now we have this. Oh my! Oh oh my God! I forgot about the tier. Yes, yeah, I had the tier when this was shown. This, <laughs> oh, this was so bad. I was like, I cannot believe. Like the only reason I bought this Blu-ray was for that bonus feature, and it's like I I want my money back. I want my thirty dollars back. Jesus, man, that's oh. Uh, yeah. That sucks. For people who don't know about the tier or don't remember, um, it was Halloween Five where Michael's confronted with I think it's his niece, right? Uh huh. With his niece, uh, Laurie Strode's uh, daughter, and mm-hmm. he's about to fucking kill her, and she's like, "Michael, we're the same. We're the uncle. same, uncle. We're the same." She goes same. with Michael and then Uncle, and that that makes him stop. And and just you know the one single tear goes down his cheek and you look over at Tyler well when that's playing and you see a single tear go down Tyler's cheek too. <laughs> and I, I oh my god that movie is I wonder I've always wondered with that scene because when he pulls that mask off his face is completely in silhouette. Yeah. Now when they have the close up of his eye it's lit just enough so you can see that tear run down. I'm wondering <laughs> if that was an addition later on. That would mean it's the same fucking people who had the right idea to not cut the opening together. And yet, the tear is fine. I knew you'd get mad. I knew you'd get mad. I knew it. You know, even though I was one year old, when they asked me in 1989 what to do with the opening, I said, you know what? Let's give it 30-something years and and let's just try it again. Let's see how Tyler feels at that that point in time. That's Um, what you said at one? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. What a vocabulary. yeah, you know, it was I I was, you know, I've always been an impressive person, Tyler. So that's just you, know, so. <laughs> you have. <laughs> anyway, um I've been practicing saying the title of this of this episode since last week, so I'm going to try it just one time before we get into the festivities if you don't mind. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 57, Mr. Media's Horror Corner. You did it. How do you like that, Tyler? How do you like that, man? Mr. One Take over here. It wasn't the horror corner anymore. Now it's the (laughs) horror corner. I've I've been trying, man. It's so fucking... It's it's too many R's in one place. No. It's rolling R's are not not easy. Yeah. Is that a rolling R? I have no idea. Horror. That's a rolling R. R. Horror. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a fucking ugly word, man. Like, it's it's... (laughs) <laughs> it is an ugly word. And I was trying, I really was trying, and I'm like, you know what, maybe I should hit it with the East Coast accent, because they say horror, but that's just made it so much worse. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> horror, yeah. Yeah, you sound like a freaking fire when you say it like that, horror, corn Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's going on in this episode, dude? You, there's so much to go over, there's so much, I was thinking, when we were putting this episode together, what I was thinking is, a lot of people don't have your extensive knowledge about you know all the all the movies that they should have seen or the movies that that pertain to this month um to these festivities and all that and i was thinking you can give us a good send-off kickoff point so we could say hey i've heard of that before or hey i know a little something about that yeah it's a good start off point most of these movies i'm i'm excited dude and i have some cool lists i know you have some cool lists i have a ton of questions for you um, there's so many things in doing research for this episode that I've never heard of. I've never even heard of m- many, many of these, which is weird. Wonderful. Well, let's let's have a list. You you want me to you want me to kick things off? Yeah. So the first list, and you're already going to be upset when we talked about um, 
I think it was sitcoms, things like that. We we <clears throat> I I reached out to Collider.com for for one of their lists for sitcoms, and they notoriously left Seinfeld out of the top ten of sitcoms. So bizarre. It's it's very strange. So when I looked at their top ten Halloween movies of all time, I you know, I, I don't know too many of them. I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not Mr. Media, I'm not you, but uh, let's go through that list. Let's do the top 10. We're going to go from number one to number 10. And then are these movies that take place on Halloween or they're just horror movies to watch on Halloween? It's a little bit of both. It's a little okay. bit of both because number, I'm just looking here. I mean, number three, number five, you'll see three, five, seven. They, they to, to me, don't say Halloween. It's just, I guess, scary movies. Got it. Um, so number one on their list is Halloween 1978. The original. All right, spot on. On the nose. Uh, no, number two, and I didn't realize how old many of these movies are, and that's what really blew me away. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, it's ni- okay. 1975. Yeah, that, that makes sense, yeah. Little All right. Susan Sarandon. Wow, man. Tim I didn't, Curry. I didn't, yeah, but Tim Curry also. like. Then how old is Tim Curry today? 2021. How old is Tim Curry right now? Uh, because he was already a grown man then. Yeah, he's a, I, he's got to be about eighty-ish now. Really? Yeah, I mean he had a horrible stroke too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a shame. Um, mm. number three is The Exorcist, nineteen seventy-three. Heard of it? Number four, <laughs> number four, it's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, nineteen sixty-six. Did you realize it was nineteen sixty-six? No. I didn't know it was that old. I thought it was like 70s or 80s. You know, I thought it was 80s, to be honest, 80s, maybe even 90s. I would think that too, because that's all those specials were, you know, huge in the 80s. But seems like all throughout time, we've, the peanuts have been alive for a long time. Yep. Yep. They'll outlive us. Yeah, that's for sure. Lucy. (laughs) Number five is The Craft, 1996. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. You see, like, is that a Halloween movie, Tyler? I don't know. That's, That's. stupid okay number six is possibly my favorite on this list it's the nightmare before christmas 1993 good and can double as a holiday movie yep uh uh, number seven again i don't know that this is a halloween movie it's Coraline from 2009 okay okay is is that a halloween movie sure i mean i i always thought it was a little scary to be a kid's movie but okay all right. Uh, number eight is Scream, nineteen ninety six. Oh fuck that series. Tyler Man. says Tyler says that killed everything. Man, there's a trailer for the next one that came out yesterday. And Scream five. How does it look? Just as bad as all the others. Are you gonna see it? I want to know who the celebrity is at the beginning that gets it. That's always that's always the fun part, and then mm-hmm. you could just turn the rest of it off. <laughs> Um, and then number nine and ten, I've never heard of these before. Uh, specifically, number ten, I want to ask you about. But number nine is The Witches, nineteen ninety. Okay. And number ten is Rosemary's Baby, nineteen sixty eight. Okay. What What is that? It's a woman who's carrying the Antichrist child. Um, it's fine. It's um. It's fine. It's like a precursor to what the, like the, oh shit, I got ink all over my hand, um, of what the <laughs> exorcist, uh, you know, the, like the, uh, the impact that the exorcist would have. It was like a, it's kind of a, 
it's kind of a possession movie. It's kind of a cult movie. It's cult as in like, you know, religious cult. Right. Right. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Roman so, Polanski. So from, from Collider, Tyler, um, according, according to Mr. Media, are these top 10 worthy of being in the top 10? I Collider needs to, I think, hire someone else. I, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I, I I understand that these are these are Halloween these are movies to watch on Halloween. I don't understand the craft being on this list, period. Scream yeah. fine. I know a lot of nineties kids love it and whatever, but I I don't I've never heard of anyone that has loved the craft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Another Nev Campbell movie. That and Scream. Yeah. Um Um I know you have something better for us than, than that list from Collider. I need to stop going to Collider as, as a source. I'm telling you, like, I'm just going to go to them just to, you know, I'll, I think I'm going to take their lists and, and not just with a grain of salt, but I'm going to use them for contrast. I'm going to start bringing Collider versus, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever else I find. I think that's a good idea. I, they, I keep, don't... they keep bringing like weird shit into the mix. And, and again, I'm not as versed as you, but many of these, I don't, think are like again the craft um Coraline uh what was the other one um uh, the exorcist it's not a halloween movie no uh no i mean i guess it's it's subjective it's a very subjective list okay. i mean come on you're putting the great charlie brown pumpkin whatever it is yeah and the craft in a one list this is a very <laughs> subjective list yeah, they they just I think they just want to cover their bases and say, hey, we have something for everyone here. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. Ratatouille didn't make the list. I uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> those are so. If you saw those rats in real life, you'd be scared shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so to start off this list, let's go to something that is pretty well. I mean, everybody knows this, but the I guess the entire series of a whole of Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this series. You've seen how many of these? I know I've seen... There's Science of the Lambs. I've seen it. Hannibal. Okay. Which is when he's in Italy. I I don't remember that. And then uh, uh, Red Dragon. That I saw. Okay. And then there... Okay, so Red Dragon in continuity is the one before Science of the Lambs. However, there is another one that is amazing and it's called Manhunter. And that's the original adaptation of Red Dragon. Right. I th- oh, actually, you know what? I think we have talked about this because this has, I think we talked about the other Hannibal Lecter performance that's in this movie. And it's Brian Cox, who is the, you know, the captain from Super Troopers. And um, he's on Succession now. Uh, anyway, th- I love this series, and I've always recommended it to people, yeah, even those who don't like horror movies. Yeah, these I think these are tame enough, but they still get under your skin just enough. Yeah, it's a mind fuck. These, these movies. Hannibal is you know all about manners and politeness and about class, and yet you fuck him over. He's going animal and eating your ass. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Literally, literally e- e- eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> Start off with an easy one. The next one is Dario Argento, Italian director. Um, grew out of the seventies, basically. Uh, started with a movie called *The Bird with the Crystal Plumage*, um, and then basically did a series of giallo films, which are 
again, the precursor to slashers, where it's typically a killer that's dressed usually like in a trench coat and a hat and gloves, really something to really disguise one's appearance. Um, these came from uh, books known as Giallo, which were ch uh, very cheap, pulpy books with yellow binding, like a National Geographic. But okay. when you saw them in Italy, you're like, oh, murder mystery. Bam, take it. So he made a few of these. Uh, the first one uh, that I love that's on that I want to talk about is a movie called Deep Red or Profondo Rosso in Italy. Um, awesome movie. Uh, story is a little loose, but it has incredible visuals. The death scenes are incredible. A lot of moving camera. A lot of moving camera. Um, also has an incredible score by Goblin. By um, Goblin? Goblin, the band Goblin. Never heard of them. Um, now, this is a band. It's one of those bands that I think the Grateful Dead is like this too, where it has like a revolving door of members. Um, I do not think any of the original members are still part of this band. They still perform today. Um, there's kind of two versions of goblin there's like the official one and then there's another one that i think that claudio simonetti who is one of the original members has i saw that version with my father as he is a huge goblin fan um and they played they're mostly just known for their scores um so deep red is kind of the first one that kind of made them all really big and famous uh the next movie they did together is called suspiria which is not a giallo, but is a very visual horror film that has to do with witches um, in a female boarding school in France, I believe, France or Belgium. Um, incredible visuals, very like wild lighting, very bright reds, blues, greens. Um, the Goblin score for this is probably their most famous score of all time. Uh, it's very recognizable. Uh, the next Dario Argento movie uh, is going to be Tenebre uh, from 1982. It's Dario Argento's slasher movie, basically. Uh, as slasher movies were big at the time. This is cool because it combines the slasher movie and a giallo together. It has the class of a giallo and the grit of a slasher. And it has, an again, incredible camera work. There's... Um, one of my favorite deaths on screen is in a house and there's two, there's a lesbian couple. Uh, one is just kind of stabbed, which is, you know, whatever. The other one has this insane tracking shot that goes on for about a minute and a half, two minutes across the roof of the house following kind of where the other one, the other uh, one of the couple is. Um, then, Cuts to a little, you know, back and forth. Oh, chasing after you. Slashes her throat, falls back into a window. And the window just, all the glass just falls over her face. In like a beautiful fashion. And then the killer likes to take pictures. And it's all of these wild zoom-ins to all of the mechanical parts of the camera as it's taking its uh, her picture. It's, it's an amazing, like, moment. That's filmmaking at its finest right there. It is. It's, it's, it's widely inventive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> very inventive. Um, the last Dario Argento movie, I think I brought it before, and that's Phenomena. That is my favorite one of the bunch. 
Um, this is a supernatural movie. Would I consider it a superhero movie? Jennifer Connelly, her very first film, sent to a female boarding school, uh, is punked on by pretty much everyone, um, and they do not know that she actually has the power to communicate with insects. Uh, she makes friends with Donald Pleasance, who also likes insects, and together they kind of figure out why there's murders going on at this boarding house. Um, all of these movies I've talked about all have scores by Goblin, and they are all fantastic. I don't care what my father says, Phenomenal <laughs> score is just as good as all the others. So, um, so what would your dad say is the best one by Goblin, then? Suspiria. My dad has loved Suspiria since it came out in 77. He's the one that showed me Dario Argento for the very first time. Okay. So. And, were, and were you also too young to see it when, when you were shown it? I don't think so. I was 15. Oh, okay, he was he was so excited. He bought a three disc DVD set. It's like he never bought a movie in his life, and all of a sudden, he couldn't <laughs> wait to take it home and watch it. Yeah, to share it with his son, though, right? I mean, that's what it, that's what was special about it, right? Or was it just yeah? You just happened to be there. Well, actually, yeah, I happened to be there. <laughs> <laughs> he all would right, have ran so home in childlike innocence to watch it anyway. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of I think you soured the moment. If anything, you know, you didn't make it. You didn't add to it. Right. Right. <laughs> But my dad actually, funny story about Suspiria, he found out about the movie because he had bought the Goblin album first. And so he was like, oh, it's a movie. Oh, it's playing in a theater. I'm going to go watch it. And he was already a fan of the Profondo Rosso album and and all that. Um, So that's little Dario Argento. Very fun Italian movies. Very visually inventive. I do not suggest you look up anything Dario Argento did post-1991. Because you will be, it is, every movie is like the teardrop of Michael Myers after that. Ah, shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit is right. (laughs) Um, The one uh, next uh, movie before we cut to uh, another list break is An American Werewolf in London. You talk about this all the time. But not on the show, though, right? No, 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 not on the show. Oh, oh thank God. I, I, like, just, oh, I, I just I know you touch something. on this often. No, man, I, I know this one holds a special place with you. Yes. Um, there's two were- two huge werewolf movies that came out the year this was released. It was this and The Howling. And usually people gravitate towards one or the other. I'm more for London. Um, it's about two American, I believe they're college students, backpacking trip through Europe. Uh, they get to a little pub out in the woods or in the countryside in England. They're warned, stay out, stay out of the moors, stay off the moors. Uh, they don't. And one of them is ripped to shreds by a werewolf. The other one is uh, bitten by one. Ooh. And the entire time this guy is slowly having dreams and visions of horrific things, including his dead friend who just keeps decomposing throughout the film. It's yes. hilarious. <laughs> it is. It, there's a lot of dark humor. That's why I kind of prefer it to the howling is um, it's very, also very visually inventive um, has an incredible werewolf transformation sequence. And I believe the best visual effects Oscar was created for this movie. Really? I, I think that's true. You see, there's your fun fact right there. If we don't have Mr. Media, you don't know these things. Yeah, um, it, it still holds up to it. Yes, the effects are a little rubbery, but I mean, some of them you're like, I don't know to this day how they did that. It's, That's it's awesome. Extremely impressive. 
Um, this was another, this was a film done by John Landis, who uh, previously is known for Kentucky Fried Movie, Animal House, The Blues Brothers, uh, American Werewolf in London, then the Twilight Zone movie where he was after that brought up for involuntary manslaughter for accidentally killing Vic Morrow <laughs> with a helicopter. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the kids, shit. He did the thriller video, and then after that, pretty much a dead patch for a while. Classic off and on, such as, um, oh my god, what's the what's the vampire one? Innocent, Innocent Blood, I think, which is kind of his vampire version of American Werewolf in London, which is fine. Don Rickles is great in it. Um, and of course, The Stupids, which I, I love. Wait, Don Rickles is in a scary movie? Yeah, he's in Innocent Blood. I'm writing down. He's pretty good. Innocent Blood. Is it is it a what 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 do you know about what can you tell us about Innocent Blood? Um I it's nowhere near as funny as American Werewolf. It's more straightforward, but uh it's it's a good vampire movie. It's not a, you know, a Dracula blah kind of movie. It has to do with there's like um mafia gangsters in it and vampires and uh, it's got Robert Loggia's in it, Don Rickles. Does Don Rickles have enough of a part, or is it like mm-hmm. dirty work? No, it's more like Casino. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's got a he's got a meaty role in it. Okay. Good. Um, good. So I think that's a good start uh, for some movies. What's uh, what do we got? What's another so, controversial list? <laughs> so this this Tyler comes from your friends over at Rotten Tomatoes. Tyler is a, a hardcore Rotten Tomatoes guy. They've done him wrong, you know, more than on more than one occasion. But I think Rotten Tomatoes is kind of you said your go to. Pretty much. Oh, oh, yeah. Anytime so, you want an immediate movie rating, there you go. So this is their top 10 scariest Halloween movies, according to Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how they measure something like that. Well, yeah. Is this going to be by score or someone, one of their critics? who's? It, it has to be one of their there. critics because on the percentage, it was it was uh, up and down and sideways and up and left and right. It, it, it had nothing. I didn't see anything that, that really earned something to be number two and number three and number four i don't got it i'm not sure how they did it so you tell me tyler how true this list is the 10 scariest halloween movies according to rotten tomatoes number one on the list is the exorcist 1973 tyler is that the scariest movie there is no all right but it's it's fun not for an eight-year-old but it's fun (laughs) um for me always seeing newer movies on these lists kind of uh weird me out because i i can't think of anything that scary that has come out this recently so right. number two on their list is a movie called hereditary oh yes from, tw- from 2018 is that a scary movie tyler yes oh my love now i held off talking about ari aster because we've talked about him before but yes hereditary is in my top where is this 20, top 20 of all time. It's in my top shelf with all my favorites. I love this movie. Did this movie have like, did it do well? Because I, I'm, yeah. I'm not an example, but I don't remember anything about this movie. So it's a, it's a, an A24 movie, which is a very, very huge independent film company. They are like, they're like the equivalent of like Universal or Paramount Pictures for independent films. Like uh, Uncut Gems was released through them. Okay. Um, so they do a lot of that. They give a lot of. They basically give all the creative freedom to their filmmakers, which is one of that's awesome. which is why they're one of the best. That's um, awesome. I think we talked about the lobster a couple I episodes remember, ago. We we did we did. I remember that one. Another A twenty four. 
so they do very uh very indie movies but they release them wide um so i saw hereditary uh, hereditary in the theater um and loved it it got a huge um co- uh not convention um film uh, film festival buzz and they were comparing it to the exorcist and how scary it was um, so it's it's unnerving it's w- really would you, good. Would you swap number one and number two on this list already? In terms of scary, yes. Okay. So they have it. Rotten Tomatoes has it. Number one, The Exorcist. Number two, Hereditary. Number three, another newer one, is The Conjuring 2013. No. 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 No? No, it doesn't belong on the top ten um, at all? Okay. So pe- horror is this, and I don't know what your opinion is of horror, but jump scares to me do not make a scary movie. Amen. Amen. I was just talking about my, about this to my brother today. He's, he was saying, oh, I hope you guys are going to have like all the most jump scares in a movie. I don't like jump scares. That's not what a scary movie is to me. A scary movie is something that sticks with you and you're like, dude, this is like what's going to be there. You know, it's not someone right. falling through a window and like, oh, shit, and jumping for a second. That's exactly. not a scary movie. That's more of an action or a thriller yeah. than, than a scary, in my opinion. And when you have a movie like The Conjuring, especially, you know, and I know The Conjuring has its, you know, it has a huge, obviously has a huge fan base because they don't stop. Um, (laughs) But I think if you watch a movie that's nothing but jump scares, the rewatchability of it is gone. Because you know when the next one's coming. coming. You know. Whereas, you know, The Exorcist and Hereditary are great because these are movies that don't have jump scares. Period. They don't need it. They don't need they it. They don't need it. Their their story, what's happening, the visuals are so compelling and unnerving that you can go back and you want to experience that tension again. Yeah. You know? And so, no, The Conjuring's fucking garbage. That whole yeah, I, series is crap. I I couldn't get past the first big scene of the newest one. I don't I don't know. It's called like The Conjuring Trial by Fire, whatever it was called. Sounds about uh, right. Yeah, it was just I was like, oh my god. Oh, first of all, the opening of the newest one is basically ripping off The Exorcist. So it's yeah, just it's, it's terrible. Are they, are, are they just out of fucking ideas? Is that is that what's happening here? Well, The Conjuring's a good idea because it actually is about well, quote unquote, uh, really about a real life couple that exper- that you know was uh, investigated stuff like this. And I think it's a fun idea to have a multiverse with them, but to have a series, you know, it's. It's the Conjurings. It's the Nun. It's the um, uh, I, there was the I think the Mexican folklore based one that they also did. La, La Lorna. These, La Lorna. Yep. It's just nothing but bam, 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 and it's just it's exhausting. Yeah. Like take a break. You know, <laughs> cause have, have, create some tension, some uh, suspense. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad we agree on the on the jump scare, and it's so funny. We we're just talking about that today, so you know, I'm happy we're on the same page there. Um, number four is The Shining, 1980. Okay. Uh, number five, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Okay. Another newer one, The Ring, at number six, 2002. Oh, that one? Come on. I remember, dude, I remember when we were in high school, this came out. We were in, I think, ninth grade. No, 2002. Yes, yeah, it was ninth grade. Ninth grade, and I just remember... Everyone was like, oh my God, did you see it? Did you see it? And like, I don't like shit like that, so I didn't see it. But is does that even belong on the 10 scariest movies of all time? See, I was, I, I'm shocked that they put the American one on, but not the original Japanese ring, which is good, which is actually pretty scary. Is it um, also newer? That was, I think, 98. 
Okay. So it's still, I, you know, still very VHS heavy in 98, right. which makes more sense than The Ring, which is 2002. DVD is kind of like the most prevalent media, whatever. Um, I mean, I, the, the American Ring borrows so much from the Japanese one that I just, I'm like, I, the Japanese is better. It's a scarier it, one. It's done better. I believe it's the same. No, it's not the same director. Never mind. Is it, is it the same movie remade in American version, or is it supposed to be a standalone? Or is no, it's understand that hey, this is the American version of the Japanese movie. It, it's a remake of the Japanese movie. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Um, yeah. Number seven. I think this one's only on a scary list because it's I think groundbreaking, but it's the original Halloween, nineteen seventy eight. I don't think of it as a scary movie. Uh, but, I, but I know yeah. in 1978, people were like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, there wasn't a, a, a Halloween-esque movie coming out every every year around October. Right. Yeah, you didn't have the slasher movies every year. And every so year. I imagine in 1978, you're like, oh my god, like, you, I'm sleeping with the lights on tonight. Right. Right. So I, I mean, as when I saw this as a kid, yes, I was scared. I, yeah. it, there were parts in it that scared the shit out of me. Um, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think if you watch it now, you're pretty safe. You know, you, I think you get more into the suspense, but you're not scared. And and I and I've said this before while we were watching the series, and I'm still, you know, I'm still waiting to see a good one. Tyler, I want to see a movie where it's from the perspective of a Michael Myers. Well, there is one. It's the remake of Maniac. Oh well, it's actually both Maniacs, the original and the remake of Maniac. You're following the killer throughout. And you're seeing him stalk people, and you're seeing things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're seeing him be evil. Let me see. And that. yet, okay. you you understand that they are suffering psychologically. And it's called so the that, maniac. Just maniac. Oh, maniac. Okay. Yeah. Is that oh, is fuck, that? I should have put maniac on here. I mean, it's not too late to get to it. Let me just finish this list here. Number eight is Sinister, two thousand twelve. Oh, is that the one with the? The demon with the mouth and the long hair. No idea. (laughs) No idea. Uh, Boots seems to agree, though. Yeah. Um, Number nine is Insidious, 2010. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And number 10, rounding out the list of top 10 scariest Halloween movies, according to Rotten Tomatoes, number 10 is It, IT, in 2017. Fine. Really? Well, I'll take that one over Insidious and the Conjuring and uh, Demon with the Mouth. <laughs> Sinister. Okay. So yeah. that that is uh, Rotten Tomatoes' top 10 scariest Halloween movies. Tyler, what's what's a tragedy that's missing? And which one here is offensive to you that is is added onto the list? The Conjuring. I think so number the, one. So The Conjuring needs to be kicked right off this list. And what do we add to this list instead? Which movie is a tragedy that 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 didn't make it to the top 10 scariest Halloween movies? Okay, so, all right, so these are scary movies that you'd watch on Halloween. These okay. are not Halloween set films. Right. I would also throw Ari Aster's Midsummer on here as well, which um, I also fell in love with, more so than Hereditary. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah that, that Midsummer needs to replace The Conjuring. I'm so offended The Conjuring even made the list. And number three, Why not the Purge? Why not just throw the Purge in here, too? <laughs> Fuck the Purge, man. Ugh. Fuck the Purge. I think that's what the next one's called. Fuck the Purge. 
just like Hellraiser, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hell, Hell, the first Hellraiser would be a great one on here too. Why not? Are, I, I don't know. Are those scary movies though? Is Hellraiser a scary movie? Hell, the first one's a scary one. I, I mean, it is a it is a jarring one if you're not prepared. It okay. really is. It's still the makeup effects still hold up in that one, especially okay. Chatterer. Is that the one with the pinhead thing? Yeah, that's the one that's just made up of scar tissue. <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's that's all. That's really disgusting. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I want to see the movie Maniac. I really want to see that. Oh, what a be? Should we talk about that for a little bit? And if you can give me something, just so I'm not left here with yeah. just the word maniac on my page, like a maniac. So I've seen. Um, so I've only seen the remake once, and I thought it was it was pretty good. Um, okay. The the original I've seen many times, uh, and it stars Joe Spinell, who um, w- was actually very popular within Hollywood itself. He was friends. He was actually good friends with Stallone. He was friends with De Niro. Um, he was in, I believe, the first three Rocky movies as sort of like a side. Oh, he's the one who um, is the mob, uh, not the mob boss, but the one who is Rocky's boss. Remember when Rocky is like the working for the mob in the first one? When he's still kind of beating people up to get the money, Vague, collecting? Vaguely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So his boss is Joe Spinell. Um, he's been in The Godfather. Um, he has a lot of huge credits for his name, but is always like on screen for like maybe two minutes. Yeah. Um, he's he's a not a very handsome man, which is why he usually plays thugs or people of you know lower class, which is what he's playing in Maniac. He helped he co-wrote the story, um, and it's about a um, a very mentally disturbed man with obviously mother issues lives alone in a studio apartment in New York. Um, the really like the shittiest fucking studio apartment you could get. Um, and goes around, and uh, I believe the first kill is a couple making out in a car. Uh, one of which is the man is played by makeup legend Tom Savini, who did the, also did the makeup for effects for the film. And the couple sees kind of a figure out there, and they're like, "Oh, what, what's that guy doing?" They're like, "Oh, don't pay attention to him." So finally, the woman's like, "No, shine the lights on him. Turn the lights on." The maniac. Uh, jumps on the hood of the fucking car. Now this is kind of in fake slow motion. Jumps on the hood of the car, has a shotgun cocked, and fires it right into the man's face, and his head explodes. What the hell? <laughs> what, you, what, what year is this movie made? Eighty. Oh my god! Um, and uh, the a lot of kind of like the rest of the movie, he's um, stalking women. Um, couple of prostitutes and what he does is um he does the trophy thing um and he after he kills them he scalps them yes he takes them home and he has mannequins like blank mannequins and what he does is he staples the the scalpings to the head of the dummy dresses them up in kind of look-alike clothing so that they are um they're there with him basically. Uh, meanwhile, there is a love a love story with him. He falls in love with a fashion photographer played by the always lovely Carolyn Monroe, who shows up in a lot of these kind of movies from this time. And they actually have a, a kind of a genuine relationship. He actually does love her. Okay. And it's nice. And ends with something, a wild fucking visual you're not ready for. Um, but yeah, first one is very solid. Seen it many times. Um, was was this in theater? Was this a released in theater movie? And, and it, did it do well? 
It did. It was known as a grindhouse movie, and it did okay. well on that circuit. Um, it did very well on home video. It was considered a video nasty by um, by Britain and was banned for a while. And I believe now, I, as most of them are, are um, the band is lifted and they are um, released uncut, thankfully. So, so there's a one and a two of this Maniac series. Is there is there any well, more? Or are there? Well, there's Maniac and then the remake of Maniac, which is actually Elijah Wood is playing the Maniac. Huh. Um, and that is and done in a very interesting perspective where you're literally through the eyes of him. And the only time you see him is like when he's looking in the mirror and that kind of thing. You see, so it's that's interesting what I'm talking take. about. That's yeah. what I was talking about. Because I can't remember which Halloween it was, but you see Michael stalking people through, I think it's a trailer park, and that's where he like gets his, his uh, knife. And I'm trying to remember which which Halloween that was, but it just like I don't know. It was a weird perspective to see it how Michael sees it. Right? Are you thinking of Halloween two when he gets the knife from the old couple? That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's okay. exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So so you know I just wanted to see more of that like, and I think that's that Elijah Wood one kind of answers the question that I've been you know kind of fills the void for what I've been looking for. Well, there you um, go. Is is it worth seeing the the first, or is it worth seeing the the remake, or how how would you do this? I think it's worth seeing both. Um, I recommend the first one more because I just enjoy the performance more, and it's. I mean, if you also love you know New York before you know it was cleaned up, yeah. Um, there's a lot of that in this. So it was um, pre Giuliani over there. Pre Giuliani, yep, and then. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you could dive into the... I mean, it doesn't hurt if you just want to dive into the Elijah Wood one. It doesn't matter. All right. I'll look for it, man. I'm really it's fully endorsed in by the uh, original director. He was a producer on the remake, too. So, is it? It's not shot for shot, though, right? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, what do you there's have actually, for so I'm, I'm sorry to... Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. There's actually um, a publisher by the name of Ivan Press um, actually did a comic adaptation of maniac and did a c uh well they brought maniac back but he is <laughs> i i'll tease something from another movie uh a movie i'll talk about in a little bit but they combined maniac and the new york ripper together Ooh. for one comic and it is a fucking trip it is a trip um and they're also publishing a sequel to the original maniac um a total original story by this publisher but got the full likeness to joe spinell and carolyn monroe so it's a lot of fun that's awesome yeah that's awesome uh, anyway extremely bloody and graphic so good um so the next movie we have is uh i talked about martyrs at one point not too long ago which was right. a French movie that was very hard to take. This movie is kind of like, I think, the martyrs of the 1960s, and it's called Eyes Without a Face. Um, French film about a... Uh, I forgot what kind of doctor, if he is actually a plastic surgeon. He's definitely a surgeon um, who's kind of now demented. And what happened was his daughter, who was an incredibly beautiful woman, was in a horrific car accident. And her face is just done, gone. I'm assuming it's as if it's I, I like the Travis the Chimp kind of thing. Oh shit! Know? Yeah. So she wears this very white mask, very reminiscent of Michael Myers, actually. Okay. Um, and there's just it's basically the doctor kind of 
kind of getting victims or or rather new faces for his daughter. And it's and the daughter wants him to stop because she's tired of all these murders and there's some for early 1960s there's some real grossness in this. It is in black and white um but it's done very unnervingly and it's a it's a criterion collection disc so it's fancy you know but it's it's very unnerving um recommended if you're into kind of shock horror but definitely european horror it's got a lot of that in it that kind of style uh next one on the list is i think i brought this up before but return of the living dead yes done by dan o'bannon 1985 this is a kind of a it's a tongue-in-cheek take on the the zombie epidemic movie basically takes place in a medical facility and the cemetery uh right outside of it um this movie's just a lot of fun start to finish uh completely recommend it um they reference night of the living dead uh and it's it's just fun they satirize the military the cops punks whatever um that's all i can really say about it a lot of is that fun. The, is that the send more cops one? Correct. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's just a famous line for anyone that's thinking it's an inside joke. It's it's uh it's a it's a famous line and and I'm sure you've seen it on stickers or or t-shirts things yeah. like that. It's just a severed zombie hand and it's holding the police um uh what's it called Tyler? The uh, the, the, radio. the receiver radio thing and it's just a send send more cops. Yeah. Yeah, and the effects in it are actually really good. It's low budget, but it's done very well. It's full. It's it has like three huge character actors of the time in it. So if you know those, <laughs> I don't know how many of you are into character actors from the '80s, but um, a couple of them show up, including one uh, that is, I think, most famous for being in one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Is, Who's that? Uh, that would be Tom Matthews. Tom Matthews. Okay. Uh, he played the. I think the oldest version of tommy jarvis okay all right now moving on to our next filmmaker lucio fulci yes yay Um, super famous man super famous uh had a career resurgence in the late 1970s when he did a knockoff of george romero's dawn of the dead which in uh, I'll go over this again. So George Romero's Dawn of the Dead was released as Zombie in 1978, uh, where Dario Argento held the distribution rights over there. And so he renamed it Zombie. Um, and Lucio Fulci did his knockoff, which was called Zombie 2 in <laughs> Italy and Europe. And over here, it was just known as Zombie. So... Uh, it gets confusing after a while, especially when we get the release of Zombie 3 in America, because we had no idea what Zombie 2, where it was, what happened to it, if it even existed. <laughs> but Lucio Fulci uh, blew up on the grindhouse circuit uh, with uh, Zombie in America. Uh, it's a gorgeous film also, especially um, it's also been remastered from the negative recently. Um, most of the movie takes place on a, uh, an island out in the Caribbean. So there's many shots, just very wide angles of just beautiful ocean, sandy beaches, all that mixed with just kind of almost spaghetti Western style of shooting zombies. I mean, it's it's great. It's a gorgeous movie. Also has a great score. 
not by Goblin, by but by Fabio Fritzi, who does a lot of the movies I'm about to talk about. Um, Lucio Fulci went on, and the next one he did, I believe, was House by the Cemetery, which is kind of a haunted house movie, um, but it's it's rather like a... Uh, it's kind of like a, a big zombie mad scientist in the basement. Um, it does have an incredibly annoying child in it uh, by the name of Bob, uh, who is kind of like a running joke now uh, within the fan base. Um, following House by the Cemetery, there's City of the Living Dead, uh, which is kind of a supernatural zombie hybrid movie. Um uh, kind of centers around like a priest that had committed suicide. And now the town is uh, going through some supernatural stuff. Uh, very famous scene where a young lady pukes her guts out along with uh, crying blood. Uh, that what poor woman. Fuck, man? Yeah. Um, this movie also has a moment that Tarantino uh, put in kill bill where a, uh, one of our female characters who is thought to be dead is actually alive. And she's in a coffin um, about to be buried and she's screaming uh the male lead runs up to it can't get her out so he decides why not i'm just gonna take an axe to this and just go right fucking in <laughs> to the to the thing so the axe is like coming right near her face uh the connection oh to this tarantino thing is the buried alive thing there's a it's right. the same angles literally before the axe comes in yeah. um it's a good one uh the next one after that i have is Sometimes known as the best one, I think it's the best one he's done, and that is The Beyond, um, which is also a haunted house movie uh, in Louisiana. Um, one of the gates of hell has opened up at the basement of this house, and slowly people are off in some of the most gruesome manners. At one point when uh, the gate is opened, a hand comes out, grabs a handyman by the top half of his face. The thumb goes into his eyeball and pushes it out. Oh, oh, oh so great. Um, and eventually this kind of spreads into the rest of the town. <laughs> so how do they much... open the gate to hell, though? I mean, how does that even happen? Um, the, the backstory, I believe, is uh, there's a painter uh, who lived in this house in 18, either 17 or 1800s, Louisiana. Um, but was uh, like an occultist and the town kind of, you know, did the Frankenstein pitchfork thing, crucified him, which you do see. That's the opening of the film. Um, and he's kind of like, I, I want to say he's almost like the gatekeeper or key master, whatever, of the the opening of hell that's underneath this house. Uh, he shows this, up. This seems really interesting. Oh, it's great. And I know I brought this up too. It does have the great moment where... Um, a girl's mother uh, is on the floor and a vat of sulfuric acid uh, falls on her face and completely melts it <laughs> as oh it slowly God. creeps towards the daughter. <laughs> it's just, it's chaos. It's just chaos at its best. It's Lucio Fulci at his best. It's the best Fabio Fritzi score. I love it. Um, oh, and then of course, uh, the final Lucio Fulci film to mention is The New York Ripper. Um, this is Lucio Fulci's tenebrae, basically, because it is his giallo and slasher movie combined. Um, this movie, you need a shower after watching. You feel disgusting 
after this film. Um, it's just a lot of like gross sexual characters mixed with very bloody violence. Um, the killer in this, though, I love. Uh, he wears like a Donald Duck kind of mask. What the I hell? Think it might, I think it might be a repainted Donald Duck mask. Um, and his voice, he taunts people over the phone, especially the detective that's investigating him. And he's doing a Donald Duck voice with the with the quack, you know, the wow, 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 kind of thing. That's you know, at, very off-putting. Oh, it's it. That is this to me is the most unnerving moments is whenever he's talking to the police detective on the phone, even if the scene is very well lit, just yeah. hearing that voice taunt him is a lot. Yeah. I can um, imagine. Lucio Fulci, uh, like pretty much everyone else so far dipped in quality. Um, after this, there's really not much to mention. Um, aside from a film he did called cat in the brain in 1996, where he plays himself. Um, and he is suffering mentally and is having a lot of horrific visions of murder and gore. Um, some of which were actually lifted from his earlier movies. So it's just like, <laughs> oh, you cheap bastards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ripped yourself off, dude. Um, but it's fun to watch him uh, act as he, I think he would die a couple years after that. So it's it's a fun little capsule for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, the end of our second round. What's What do we got next? Um, I have, this is an interesting one. This isn't so much movies or something like that. I just had nine bad things that happened on Halloween throughout history. Ah. So uh, it, it just, it kind of bothered me that it was nine and not 10. I don't know. I'm just, I'm that kind of guy. Just like when the gas yeah, just- uh, pump fills up and it's like almost a round number. I just push it to be a round number. Right. Yeah. Like, does nine have a significance? I don't, I have, it doesn't. I, does it? I have no idea. It just really bothered me that it happened. But uh, let's let's see what they have for us. So these are nine bad things that happened on Halloween throughout history. Mm-hmm. In no particular order. It's not even by date order. So the rise of fascism happened on October thirty first, nineteen twenty two. The Italian dictator oh Benito God. Mussolini was elected to power. Yeah. That guy looked like a pumpkin too. So I guess that has something to do with Halloween. Hey. Yeah. Also, do you remember how he was killed? No. He and his family were dragged through the streets and people oh. were yeah, just spitting on them and throwing shit at them. Um then he was I think uh uh firing squatted. Mm-hmm. And then he was hung upside down by his feet with horse shit in his mouth. So what a way. Uh, what a way to go out. Benito Mussolini. Horse shit for good measure. Why not? Yeah, they, they just ran out of fucking things to do with the guy, I guess. I don't know. Symbolism. Exactly. Um, number Talking two, shit. Ad- yeah, yeah. He was really, yeah. The guy was ended up being full of shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, number two, accidental hangings. On October 31st, 1990, William Anthony Odom. I think, I think you had mentioned this one before, didn't you? Oh, possibly. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, 31st, 1990, William Anthony Odom was 15 years old when he accidentally hung himself when staging gallows scene in the basement of his haunted house. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, the satanic murder premonitions. Um, on October 31st, 1981, a couple was murdered in their home in Manhattan. They were severely beaten, then shot in the head execution style, and their house was ransacked. The murder was thought to be related to drugs. However, word from prison informant turned the case in on its head. As inmate David Berkowitz, the notorious son of Sam Killer, predicted the murders weeks before it happened. 
He gave an eerily accurate account of what was done to the slain couple's apartment, but could not have perpetrated the murders. So the case remains unsolved until today. All right. That's really Hot weird damn. because he was in prison when it happened. So that's really weird. Yeah. Uh, what do we have? One, well, it's two. that cult connection that he supposedly has. Yeah. Uh, Cradle Snatchers. On October 31st, 1977, one-year-old Nima Louise Carter went missing from her cradle since all the windows and doors in her room were locked shut. It is believed her abductor was hiding in the closet. The child was found a month later dead in a refrigerator in an abandoned house nearby. Oh, God. What makes this case even freakier is the previous year, three-year-old girls went missing in the same town. They were lured out of their house and trapped into a fridge. They were found two days later, but only one had survived. The surviving child, Tina Carpitcher, identified their babysitter, Jacqueline Robido, as a kidnapper, but the accusation never led to a conviction. A year later, Jacqueline Robido was Nima Louise Carter's babysitter. She was again a suspect, but there was no evidence. Years later, she was charged with the Carpitcher child's murder and served a life sentence, but never admitted to the murder of Nima Louise Carter. Jesus. Yeah, that's really weird. How have we never uh, heard of this? This seems like this would be a gigantic deal. Yeah, right. You would think it would be a movie at least or something. I don't know. As as uh, fucking awful as it sounds, this sounds like it would be a lifetime movie. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Deadly Decorating. On October 31st, 2005, locals in Fred- Frederica, Delaware, thought that their neighbor had reached new heights with their Halloween decorations. A body hanging from the tree in the garden was thought to be a decoration of the house before people realized it was an actual person. That's mm-hmm. horrifying. Um, do you know if there's any truth behind uh, the rumor or or legend that in the Wizard of Oz there's a hanging body or two? Yeah, in, uh, the Munchkin. Is, is that true? No, it's a it's a pelican. It's a live pelican. Oh, okay. All How right. this started was there was um, I think it started on original TV airings, seventies, sixties, seventies, maybe. And the quality was so terrible, and you couldn't make it out what was going on back there. And even on home video, the quality was just terrible until, you know, it was just like you would watch it uh, like on a movie screen, like a full print, and it'd be like, it's a, it's a fucking bird back there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, mistaken identity. In the run-up to Halloween in 2012, a nine-year-old girl was shot outside her home during a party between by a relative who thought she was a skunk. What the hell? What? She was dressed in a black dress and a white hat with a tassel on top, which misled her killer. The child was shot in the shoulder, arm, and back by her cousin and was rushed to the hospital to be treated. She lived but sustained serious damage to her internal organs and spine and still has to undergo tests for lead poisoning. Still? crazy. Yeah, still. Like I I guess it hasn't left the body yet. Um, Bad candy. On Halloween 1974, Timothy O'Brien was eight years old when he ate some candy that was spiked with cyanide. His father was the one that spiked the candy, motivated by the huge life insurance on his son. (gasps) Fucking piece of shit. That's dark. It is, man. Uh, Convincing decoration or murder? A postman arrived at a porch to deliver his usual morning mail en route on November 1st when he saw one of his stops had a rather convincing Halloween decoration on the doorstep. The postman sidestepped the convincing dead body and delivered the mail, but it would be it would never oh, be received God. as the man he had as the man had collapsed and died in his doorstep the night before. Oh. It's crazy. You hear stories so like sad. this all the time. I think it was two years ago in New York, there was a guy 
in his car. I think it was a, a Prius and it had like dark tinted windows. Um, the person inside was dead in the driver's seat and they gave him like two or three parking violation tickets while the person was sitting in the car dead for like two or three days. Damn. So yeah, man. So what happens um, with those? You think, I, does the family I, have to pay? I think, I think they're, they're tossed out. Your honor. So listen, this isn't fair. Yeah. I right? implore you. <laughs> uh, finally, number nine heads will roll in 2014. Oh, yeah, 2014 was another bad year for convincing Halloween decorations as a man dragged a headless body out of his apartment and then kicked the head to the other side of the street. People thought it was a Halloween prank. <gasps> the truth only ca- is not crazy. The truth only came to light oh my uh, God. later when a person tried to move the dead body out of the middle of the street and realized it was a real person. The body was that of Patricia Ward, whose son had a history of mental illness and one night decapitated his mother after he left the body in the street he leapt in front of a moving train. Um, wow. That's insane, dude. Imagine just fucking seeing the scene. That's really, really crazy. Where was this? Uh, let me see. Florida? Probably Florida. It doesn't, it doesn't say, I don't see that. It says it anywhere. Wow. That sounds like some kind of, that sounds like some kind of Florida bullshit. Oh my. All right. That's all I got. What do you have for us, Tyler? Well, here's our uh, last three little topics here. I got to bring up uh, George Romero a little bit. Yes, sir. Um, not talking about the zombie movies this time. We're going to talk about the, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, not as popular, but the non-zombie ones. We're going to start with The Crazies, which is an epidemic movie. Uh, a wild virus breaks out. That's um, fitting. Very fitting. I watched it, <laughs> I think, March of 2020. It was either March or April. Um, It's, you know, it's not like COVID-like, but it's very much like, okay, people are going crazy and the government has to take over, but do you side with the government? Are you still siding with the survivors? You know, it's it's an interesting movie. It really is. It's it's done... uh, It's very handheld style. Like, he didn't have that finesse yet. Uh, that would work really well in Dawn of the Dead, even though that was kind of handheld. This is very like post amateurish, but not full on professional yet. Okay. Um, the next one uh, is one that I love, and my mom actually—I think I was watching like the twenty minutes in, and my mom started watching, and then eventually she just watched the rest of the movie with me. And that is the movie Martin, which is a George Romero's take on the vampire lore um it is about a young man um who goes to live with uh an older man uh and but this young man has a taste for blood but he does not do it in the usual vampire way um he does stalk his victims women uh in their homes um and puts plastic vampire teeth in his mouth to give himself the illusion that he's a vampire. What the and hell? what he does <laughs> is he takes a razor blade and cuts them and drinks the blood. Eesh. Um, But what's great about the film is it's always the question is, is this young man actually a vampire? And you never really get a full answer. There's photos of someone that looks like him, you know, in very old photographs. 
Um, but it's always the question of whether or not this guy is actually a vampire. And it's really, it's really entertaining. The the question is never answered. Not even after seeing the, the movie, you're like, yes or no. Correct. Yeah. I like that. And now I it like does, that. it does end in a vampire kind of way. Um, but it's the, the question is still there. Uh, George Romero himself plays a priest in this movie, a very jolly priest who likes to drink. Um, so it's, uh, I like that one a lot. Does, does uh-huh. he play, does he play, does he ever act in any of the other movies? I don't know that I've seen him before on, on screen. He is in science of the lambs. Actually, he okay. is, uh, plays an FBI agent when they are in Baltimore. I believe when Hannibal is in the sort of makeshift cage in the museum. And one of the agents that pulls Jodie Foster away is George Romero, who looks directly at the camera. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Of course. The next George Of course, why not? Uh, the next George Romero movie I have to talk about is uh, Creep Show, which uh, is probably the best anthology movie of all time. Um, five stories directed by George Romero, all written by Stephen King. Um, their first true collaboration. Um, have you seen this one at all? The name, the name is very, very familiar. I can't, I can't, okay. I can't put it in my head right now. But the name is very, very familiar. Uh, the name should be familiar as it is back, as it is now a weekly series on Shutter. Okay. Um, uh, very, uh, very Suspiria lighting throughout this entire movie. Reds, green. It's supposed to look like a comic book out of the 1950s, like any of the EC comics. Uh, incredible cast that includes a very young. Ed Harris in one of his first movie roles. We'll talk about him again in a second. I love Ted, Ed Harris, man. Ted Danson, r- literally right before Cheers. Um, uh, George Romero, it's either George Romero or Tom Savini says like, oh yeah, we were talking with Ted Danson and we were doing this movie. He's a great guy. But he was saying like, oh, you know, he got a pilot to do a sitcom at a bar and he's thinking this is probably not going to work. You know, who's <laughs> you know a bar? Like, what the hell? And of course it becomes wow. Eric's favorite show of all time. <laughs> I've, that's crazy. 11 seasons after that. You know, it's one of the biggest phenomenal shows of all time. Sitcoms, of course. Um, who else is in this? E.G. Marshall, who is in my favorite segment as a curmudgeon uh, germaphobe in a uh, uh, luxury high rise um, who is invaded by cockroaches. Uh, it yeah. is incredible. He is one of the most despicable human beings on the planet and mocks people over the phone. It is just <laughs> fabulous. Um, and also in the Ted Danson uh, segment is uh, Leslie Nielsen playing a very uh, sadistic um, husband of uh, uh, the woman Ted Danson is having an affair with. Uh, this yeah. has everything. This thing has everyone. Also a great score to it. Um, it is it is a wild ride start to finish. Love this movie. Um, movies like this have come out since then in kind of in this style and have always failed. Anthology movies seem to never work. It's very, very rare. Um, so yeah, it's a very solid film. Uh, bring, going back to Ed Harris again is the film I think that came right before Creepshow is a film called Night Riders. Not as in Kit the Car, but is in Night Riders plural, and this is a uh, is about a group of people in a traveling Renaissance fair. But they literally 
follow kind of the Knights of the Round Table kind of thing. Um, only they're not on horseback, they're on motorcycles. And um, Ed Harris is the king. Um, and Tom Savini, once again, is playing sort of the Black Knight, trying to take the kingdom away um, from the... It is, it is a King Arthur story done in modern times. And it's, it's a trip. My mother also loves this movie. It, so- it sounds like I would like it too. I'm writing it down right now. Yeah, it's, it's very different, very original. Um, they even have like a... Uh, he, he's actually called Merlin in it. And he's like the doctor like the, the medical doctor of the group. It's, it's great. Um, what else? Was there another George Romero movie? Oh, Monkey Shines, um, which is, I think, the one he did after Day of the Dead. This is about a man who gets into an accident, becomes a paraplegic, um, and he gets a small monkey. What are, what are the smaller monkeys called again? Capuchin one- monkeys? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, this this monkey basically acts as his like immediate arms and legs. Like he has a laser pointer, um, and he aims it, and the monkey brings it to him, etc. But this monkey kind of falls in love with him and becomes very jealous. What the hell? So <laughs> things start to happen when people get too close to this man, and now this man who's paraplegic now has to run from his basically his romantic stalker. That is a monkey, and it is it's it's How, a trip. What what year was this made? I think this was eighty eight. How did they do this? The trained monkey, just okay. a trained monkey. That's all. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. Of, they used to show this on Showtime like every day, like for for like ten years. And so that's how I saw it, like in high school or whatever. Um, the last movie to bring up is. I think his most underseen movie, and nobody seems to have heard of this. It's never been released on Blu-ray. Was released once on DVD in two thousand when it got when it is official its official release date, and that is called Bruiser. Um, this is yes lesser quality, but still is very vicious, and uh, it is about a man who uh, basically gets punked on by the world. It's that typical story. Um, one day he basically snaps and, uh, and so then, um, he basically gets, he, he gets like a white mask, almost, excuse me, a white mask, like the eyes without a face or, or the Michael Myers mask. If you want to get that, I could take over, dude. There's a lot I have to say. No, I'm fine. Um, okay. So then basically, uh, he basically gets revenge on everyone, one by one. But it's done very well, and you do feel for this character. Um, so yeah, Bruiser. Last great like George Romero film before he went into his, basically just doing zombie movies for the rest of his career, and pretty much they're all terrible. <laughs> um, all right, so that was George Romero. Um the next one on the list is Reanimator. What is uh, that? Now, uh, one of the all-time batshit crazy horror movies of all time. Uh, 1985. Uh, it is based on, uh, I think it's the story's Herbert, Herbert West Reanimator. 
um, by H.P. Lovecraft, who was a very famous and yet extremely racist author from the 1920s that wrote a ton of horror fiction, died penniless, and basically became really famous after he died. Um, This movie is basically about, it's two medical students, um, one of which has an experimental drug that can bring back the dead. Uh, The only problem is, is that this thing is basically like steroids and crack going into a corpse. Um, Nothing goes right in this movie. Um, There's talking heads and pans. There's uh, the dean of the school who is like a walking lunatic that they have to keep locked up. There's a whole morgue scene. Um, There's some cat stuff that happens. Uh, Is, Is it as funny as it sounds or no? Yes. Okay, yeah. good. I'm just because this sounds this sounds really really interesting, but it sounds like it could be like a comedy. It is, uh, it is the perfect uh, double feature with Evil Dead Two. Okay, um, it is just ball to the wall crazy start to finish. Also has a jaw dropping ripoff of um, the the opening Psycho theme. The dun dun. I mean, I think two notes are turned around, but it's literally the psycho theme. It's it's great. Um, There is a sequel to it that is also beloved. I'm not a huge fan. It's called Bride of uh, Reanimator. Um, And a third one that was done, I think, in the mid-2000s called Beyond Reanimator. That one is terrible. Absolutely awful. Um, And So so just the first one is worth watching here, the reanimator, the original. First one is always a go-to. It's so good. Okay. Um, and then the final one I have is a Peter Jackson movie. Um, we talked about the Frighteners last week, which would have made the list had we had not talked about it last week. Um, Is it King Kong? Nope. This one is, I think the film he did, was it right before the Frighteners? It was, he was still in New Zealand at the time, fully, and it's called Dead Alive, uh, that's the American title, or Brain Dead, which is the original New Zealand title. This is a zombie movie done by Peter Jackson. Um, this puts Reanimator to shame. It puts uh, Evil Dead to shame. Um, it is the full-on crazy camera work. Peter Jackson, crazy reactions, crazy makeup effects, and at the time, and I don't know if it still does, holds the record for the bloodiest climax in the history of film. Um, it is insanity. There is, you know, you're, you're familiar with people coming at others with chainsaws. Yeah. Uh, in this movie, uh, there's a lawnmower. And it okay. just mows people down. Uh, there's zombie babies in it. Uh, zombie mothers. um, it just uh, light bulbs going into people's heads. I mean, it's just, it's, I wish this Peter Jackson would kind of make a comeback one more time (laughs) because this, I know deep down this man wants to do it once more. No more Oscars for this man. Go back to the horror. So this, this sounds really, really interesting. You said it's brain dead. It's called brain. uh, Well, here it would be known as dead alive. It is very hard to find this movie now for whatever reason. His early movies, which are Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, and uh, Dead Alive slash Brain Dead, I believe are all owned by him now, full on. Um, 
but have never seen a re-release because I think his plan is to restore them from the original negatives on his own, but he's so busy that it's just, it's just not happening. Um, but yeah, it's, I I really want to see this dead alive, man. I really want to see this. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, so that's it. I think we talked a lot today. (laughs) There was, I mean, there's a lot to say. This is the send off. The the final thing I just wanted to add, do you, do you have anything, uh, closing? Uh, no, I've just happy Halloween, everybody. I hope you all watch scary stuff. Um, uh, well, I would say write in if you have any suggestions, (laughs) but I, I drop someone a word. Yeah. Get in touch with us. Yeah. Uh, what I wanted to bring up is just a fun fact. I don't know if we've talked about this before. This is something that Tyler told me years ago, and I actually just saw it again on Instagram. So people are just catching light to it again. Um, that is Michael's Michael Myers mask. Mm-hmm. Is is and Tyler said this to me. It's it's a William Shatner face with the hair done up. It's a Star Trek mask. Yeah, the eyes cut a little bit wider and just painted white. So just I just wanted to give that you know, little fun fact because William Shatner did just uh, become the oldest man to go into space. And I just thought it was a fun fact. Yeah, 90 years old. Did you know that was happening today? I didn't know it was happening today. I knew it was happening. I didn't know when exactly it was going to be. Yeah, I just I just looked up once. It's like, oh, there's William Shatner going to space. I'm like, the fuck? What? What's, yeah. What's happening? <laughs> he finally made that that voyage. Yeah. Um. What about a song of the day for us, Tyler? The final one in October. What do you have for us? Make it good or pay the price. That will be Suspiria by Goblin. In honor of your father. God <laughs> yes, bless him. exactly. I just want to ask, only because it hasn't come up even one time, but we never talk about your dad. I mean, we never get too much into family and stuff like that. But because it's Halloween, because we have your dad on the topic, what's his deal with Jeepers Creepers? I don't know. He loves those. I don't know if he's seen the third one yet, but he loves those movies, especially the second one. I don't know what his fetish is with that second movie, but he gets he's like a kid when he's watching it. Jeepers Creepers is is Tyler's dad's version of Halloween for Tyler. Pretty much. That's dead on. Pretty much. It's 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 the weirdest thing ever. And Jeepers Creepers is is in my opinion. And God, if your dad hears this, he's going to hit me in the head with a a shovel. It's such a it's such a swept under the rug movie slash series. Like no one really when you talk about just like we just talked a month about Halloween stuff. Yeah. Jeepers Creepers never comes up. No. Never. It's not never. horrible. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It's it's not horrible. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I just I've never seen anyone that kind of uh um uh into it like I like your dad. I just don't I wondered if there was something. No, I I had it well. I mean, the other thing is, is the uh, the director is, I believe, a convicted pedophile. Um, That's disgusting. So those movies I know are not really hyped up for a reason. Got it. Um, yeah. You know, it's the same guy that did the movie Powder. Powder. That one? That's the one with the 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 guy that's like um, like beyond albino, but has like sort of the powers, like the yeah, 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 the, powers. Right. The bald guy. Yeah. 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 I I remember that. Yeah, that guy, uh, he's had some legal issues. All right. So on that note, my final... Uh, uh, I know, yeah. Song yeah my, my, my song of the day is, and this is a classic, one of us had to do this. It's the Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. There it is. 
just Classic. a little thing. This is number 57. So, of course, on the eights is Tyler's favorite episode. Look how you've been winning, Tyler. Look, look at this. You just had four episodes all catered to you. <laughs> all, all, all Halloween and now freestyle. And, and right into episode 58, it's going to be a freestyle. I'm going to reach out to Wes Craven and see if we can get him on the next episode. That would be great. If you manage to get Wes Craven, that would be beyond a miracle. You know, it's, it's, I've, I had a nightmare on Elm Street and he ah, was on. Very nice. Uh, uh, yeah. uh. Anyway, happy uh. Halloween, everyone. Be safe. Don't fucking hand out apples or raisins or floss or toothbrush. Don't be a fucking giant comedian. peanuts. Nothing weird. Everyone yeah. wants Reese's cups. Don't be a fucking yes. hero or a comedian. For God's yeah. sakes. Tyler, will you please say something? Uh, Reese's or a Snickers bar or uh, M- even M&M's. Come yeah, on. Yeah, man. Put some Twix out there. Everyone wants chocolate. Bottom Twix, line, people yeah. want chocolate. Don't fuck around and don't be a comedian. Like, God damn everyone. Yeah, I know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we will see you back here. Episode 58. Um, I'm really excited. The last thing I'll say on this episode is I got a little taste of and I know you saw it too. Of you know, every twenty episodes, we change our our uh, our our uh, podcast cover. Mm-hmm. The next one that Seal put together for us might be my favorite. It's oh. fucking crazy, and that's going to be making its debut in episode sixty. So come back and see that. Um, yeah, so beautiful. It's 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 very very cool. It's very old school. It's very cool. There's an aspect to it. We'll get more into it, but there's an aspect to it that I didn't think was going to be the thing, but he told me it's the longest time he's ever spent making one thing. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you that little piece of trivia. I'm going to give you the answer to that. Uh, You're going to have to come back and see what it is. So that's going to be episode 60. We will see you here on episode 58. Uh, Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Eat candy corn.